the uh, OU volleyball team won last night at home over the University of Tulsa in a rather late non-conference showdown for the volleyball team. Uh, one in five sets over the Golden Hurricane. Taylor Preston had 28 kills as the Sooners won the match. Let's see, what do they have coming up? Sooners will resume conference play in Ames against Iowa State Saturday and Sunday. The Sunday match is on ESPN. How cool is that? Uh, and tonight, the battle series continues, though. Uh, no word on on weather issues that we might have. Of course, the very first battle series game was canceled because of weather. But there are some deep weather concerns tonight. OU. OU versus OU in the battle series tonight. And uh, all afternoon long, right? Weather concerns it's, tonight, it's, all afternoon. It's supposed to start raining and just not stopping. We didn't talk too much this week about the Monday win over Seminole State. Uh, Sooners won that one 17-zip. Eight of their nine at-bats OU scored on Monday night. 20 hits. Held Seminole State to just three. So, it'll be fun tonight to see the best versus the best unless Mother Nature has something to say about it. Only currently three games left in the battle series, but like I said, they they may have to make up tonight. Tonight at 6, then you have the November 1st game at 6, and they play on, what is that, Thursday the 9th? November 9th is the last one. So, tons going on with the with the battle series, and congratulations to OU Volleyball. And the Sooner soccer team, the women's soccer team, will have a Bedlam rematch in the first round of the Big 12 tournament. That was a good one. On Monday, uh, they lost one nil. They will, um, they'll be in action coming up later this week. I thought I had that schedule right in front of me, but now as I, now as I click, click, boom, all over the place, I cannot find it anywhere. So OU and Oklahoma State coming up in the women's soccer tournament down in Frisco, Texas, is where they play it, and that game will be at on Saturday. There we go. All right, anything else peripherally that we need to get to here? Or? Uh, I think it's time for the top five stories of the day. Is it All right, students, brought to you by Newcastle Casino. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. All right, so Newcastle Casino is located on I-44, exit 107. 14 table games. It includes blackjack, three-card poker, ultimate Texas Hold'em, and a background, newcastlecasino.com. Big story, number five. Number five. So you had two games last night in the NBA. The Nuggets took care of the Lakers by a final score of 119 to 107. I, I'm grateful that I haven't seen in the debate shows today what's wrong Never mind. What's wrong with the Lakers? There we go. All right. Uh, here was Jokic last night. Christian. Christian can't shoot. Out of it to Jokic for three. Yes. Big bucket there. 119-107 was the final. Then if you went to bed early last night, the Phoenix Suns took care of business. Booker gets open again. Doesn't shoot it. Scoops the ball to Okogi left block. Gets it back. Booker another open three on the way. That one's good. Devin Booker over 30 for the second time in a season opening game. 108-104. Still seems kind of wild that these games count. It's like we're starting already. All right, let's it's go. go time. Thunder uh, tip off tonight. Seven o'clock. Thunder are a two point dog to the Chicago Bulls somehow. 
But seven o'clock, and that'll be on Fox. Is it? It's not Fox. It's Bally Sports, Oklahoma. Now identical records a season ago, which is still wild to me. So, OKC, let's go. I was told to raise my expectations. I have my expectations were Western Conference Finals. So you you did say thirty piece tonight for Chet Holmgren, correct? That's my hope. That's my hope. That thirty was for your, Chet. That, that was, was me. your prediction. And uh, maybe throw in. How do you think though? Will he get max minutes right away, or do you think they'll continue to ease him in? Like, was the preseason is is easing in, and now? Well, I've raised my expectations. Oh, you? Oh, wow. Gone way above my pay grade there on that. You're going up big time. That's right. Yeah. Uh, so again, seven o'clock tonight. OKC gets things underway against the Chicago Bulls as the NBA is back, baby. All right, big story number four. Number four. All right, there's a lot of NFL news making the rounds. One of them involves the Dallas Cowboys and whether or not Dallas will be active on the trade front. When you consider names like Chase Young, Montez Sweat appear to be available, maybe even a Devonte Adams. Here's what Jerry Jones said when he was asked in his weekly radio appearance about Dallas being active in the trade market with the NFL trade deadline looming on Tuesday. Uh, it'll have to come our way. I don't want to preclude it in any way, uh, but uh, but it always does. Uh, you uh, have uh, a lot of machinations that you're working with every day. I do. and uh, But uh, the initiation of an opportunity to make a trade at this time that would help us principally has to start over on the other end so that's not uh, being showing a lack of aggressiveness it's just that's where it starts i like where we are with our personnel today and so i'm not uh, thinking in any way that we need to uh, upgrade our roster so pro football talk theorized cowboy fans that maybe jerry jones got burned with the trey lance deal Here's what he here's what Florio wrote. In hindsight, Jones apparently realizes he gave up more than they needed to give up to get Lance, and the reaction apparently is to not make the first move when it comes to potential trades before the deadline. So in other words, in his mind, they're going to have to risk missing out on someone to not overpay. Am I reading into that one correctly? I believe I am, maybe. Um, meanwhile, you've got Thursday night football coming up tomorrow. I don't know how else to tell you all this, and I'm trying to be as kind as I possibly can about it, but the Thursday night matchups usually stink, right? This one, let's go. Tampa Bay-Buffalo you like? Get a little Baker and Bucks trying to bounce back against the Bills who are also trying to bounce back. Suddenly a little bit hobbled right now. Uh, Our boy Jim Ursay took to Twitter last night to let everybody know what. Anthony Richardson had successful shoulder surgery and is out for the year. And the NFL apologized to him over the end of the Browns-Colts game. And the apology is very simply, yeah, we missed that call. Our bad. Thank you so much. Our bad. No teams on a bye this weekend, Josh. And your Sunday night football game on NBC is Bears-Chargers. Boy, prime primetime. I listen, we love Baker, so we'll watch Baker. But primetime packages really got hosed this weekend. Thursday night, Buccaneers, Bills. Sunday night, Bears, Chargers. Monday night, Lions, Raiders. Pretty terrible. Which gets us to big story number two. Number Number two. I feel like there was something else in the NFL that I wanted to get to. I think that's good. Oh, your boy... Ross is in a little bit of trouble, Justin Ross, with a domestic battery charge. Yeah, not good. 
He's due again in court on December 4th, was arrested in Shawnee, Kansas. Pled not guilty to both, both misdemeanor charges. Not good at all. All right. Um, what story are we on? Number, number three? two. Oh, we're on number two already. Wow. I, I thought we were on number three, but. Did I say number three? You said number two. Okay, we're on number three. I'm sorry. That's right. I correct. My countdown is struggling already today. We're in big trouble. Number three. Number three. Sign stealing. Sign stealing, Josh Helmer, is at the center of everyone's conversation right now. Why? Because I feel like we keep getting more and more and more information on exactly what Michigan was up to. How rotten and scummy the Blue and Mays truly are. <laughs> Do you know what was really interesting is how we, we already had players – I'm sorry, we already had fans on message boards that were all in on, look, this guy was sitting in front of me and was taping the game last year. <laughs> And come it's to find out, it was the dude. It was. Like it really a, was. Though. Yeah, it was at an Oregon game. I think it's like, well, this guy's been taping the whole game, and it was literally the guy. Uh, so we wait, but we hear coaches reacting to it. First, here was Matt Rule. Yeah, sign stealing happens every game. Um, there's nothing wrong with. There's nothing wrong with teams over there looking over trying to steal our signs. There's nothing wrong with us trying to look at their signs. That's why you should have mics in the helmets, right? Like all these coaches that vote against it every year is because. They don't want to teach their quarterback. You know, in the NFL, each quarterback goes out there with three play calls <laughs> because if I see if I see the free safety's foot like that, it might be one high. I'm going to check to this play. And if I, but you get to college and you're watching a game on a Tuesday night, and you know they, they got the signal and they're just calling a play. So that's uh, what makes college football to me. That's why they score maybe more points, but it's also why the kids are less prepared. So that's why they should there should be 100% should be. We could get rid of all the stupid signs on the sidelines, <laughs> and we could get pictures of you know rock stars and all that stuff. And we could just play football. The way it was meant to be. You go to a high school game, there's technology on the sideline. You go to an NFL game, there's technology on the sideline. You go to the college, there's nothing. When you, when you played Michigan, did you have any suspicions that there was more than the usual amount of knowledge on their side? I, I am. I'm, I, I, you know, no one from the Big Ten or NCAA has asked me anything yet, so I'm not going to probably comment on anything like that. I, I would never want to cash shade at somebody else going through a hard time. I don't know anything. Okay. Brent Venables was asked about it, the second question that he was asked during his press conference yesterday. Um, I'm sure it's part of it. I think people are finding all different kinds of ways to uh, uh, to prevent it and to try to get it, gain a competitive advantage. I think you see a lot of people huddling and things like that and sending people in and uh, you know uh, to the sideline. But I don't know how prevalent it is uh, or isn't. And... Um, uh, with tempo and pace, uh, I think it makes it all really hard. And uh, but you see every, probably about every game uh, in college football, where the the signal stealers on offense and defense uh, are are all shielded uh, to try to keep people from the press box that might be looking down with binoculars from getting a leg up. Oh yeah, you're always. I think you'd be naive and negligent if you. Uh, you're always uh, not aware of, you know, uh, you know, the potential. And that's why, again, from uh, whether it's year to year or it's week to week, you know, since I've been coaching, as long as there's been signaling, you know, where you, uh, you're always on both sides of the ball, always uh, changing up your signals and uh, things of that nature, even the hand signals on the field, you know, that the players will do amongst each other. And then there was one more Coach's reaction that made the rounds, Dion. Everyone's trying to get an edge. I mean, everyone's trying to get whatever edge they can. Um, you could have someone's whole game plan. They could mail it to you. You still got to stop it. 
you still got to stop it. So in football, it's not as pronounced as baseball. If I know a curveball is coming, I'm, I'm, I got you. You know, with, with football, I don't give a darn. If you know a sweep is coming, you still got to stop it. Physically, you, it's a physical game. You got to stop it. So that, that's a little tough. I don't buy into a lot of that stuff that someone's stealing this, stealing that. I don't, I don't buy into a lot of that stuff. You still got to play the game. So chalk Dion up to a non-believer. But I think at the, that the crux of all of this, Josh, before we get to finally big story number two, sorry. We've gone a couple of hours here without any new news, which has been surprising in this case because it just seems as if it's been nonstop. Rapid fire. Rapid fire news. In fact, it's even it's even found itself off the front page of ESPN.com because ESPN.com has to give us a story on Dion. Because they're like, guys, there's not been any Dion news here recently. We Come got on, to hey. some Dion news out there. Let's go, Dion. Uh, there is one other non-sign stealing story that's making the rounds today. Uh, this will be interesting to some TU fans. The American Athletic Conference has voted to add Army into the league, with the Black Knights joining the uh, American Athletic Conference in 2024. Wow, so pretty okay. cool. Pretty cool. Army will serve as a replacement for SMU, which is joining the ACC next year. So one independent off the board. A source told Heather, D- yes, a source told Heather Dinich that the Black Knights and the Navy Midshipmen will not face each other in an AAC regular season conference game, and their rivalry would remain a non-conference matchup in a scenario in which Army and Navy finish in the top two in the conference standings. They would play each other in. They would play each other in back-to-back weeks, first in the AAC title game and then in the rivalry game. Just stop, AAC. Just let that be the championship game, if that happens. I mean, it's it's not that wild of a scenario in the future. That's really cool, I man. need that scenario. That's really cool. Army, though, is 2-5 and five this year. And my, uh, my upset special a couple of weeks ago did not pan out. So, come on. He was close, though, huh? Come on, Army. I've been close in all of my upsets. All of them. Except that one. (laughs) That was not close. All right, which gets us to big story number two. Number two. The World Series is now set thanks to the Arizona Diamondbacks. And a fly ball, right field, going over as Corbin Carroll. He's under it. He's got it. And the 2023 Arizona Diamondbacks are headed to the World Series for the second time in their 26-year history. They have upset the Philadelphia Phillies. They come back after losing the first two games here in Philadelphia. They went four of the last five, the last two here at Citizens Bank Park. And they beat the Phillies four games to three, winning tonight's game by a final score of four to two. It sounded like people were just like booing in the background. Were they? I don't think so. What was that noise? I think it was just emptiness. I think that's what it was. It was on the TV broadcast, though, too. Was it really? I think they all share the same audio. I think it's like, yeah, you can plug in here and use this. I don't think that Philly fans were happy. I don't. They weren't booing last night. Right. I remember. Cue the empty sound of void and depression for Philly Phillies fans. They had greased all the light poles too during the day just to be safe, so people wouldn't be climbing them. 
Didn't need Wasted. to do that. Didn't need it. So the much-anticipated Diamondbacks-Rangers World Series gets underway tomorrow, uh, Friday night at 7 o'clock. Friday night in Texas, game one, 7 o'clock. Saturday night in Texas, game two at 7 o'clock. And then the scene will shift to Arizona for game three on Monday. Arizona just a team of destiny, or does the better of the two teams uh, get its first-ever World Series if the, title? If not, I feel like I'm talking about the sooner running game. If not now, win for the Rangers. Oh, it's I mean, it's it's right there. The the upsets have happened for you. This is the nine seed gets to the NCAA championship and you're well You're waiting there. You might not be a one seed, but you're right. a solid two three. You gotta go win this thing. You were at the very least, if you want to continue the comparison, you were a team at one point during the year was the number one team in the country and you know, maybe kinda of hovered around the top ten, and now all of a sudden got a few breaks and got hot at the right time and now you're taking on florida atlantic for the title that's right you better go cash in which gets us to big story number one number one number one number one all right uh we got a lot on ou kansas coming up in fact before we break to pay off big story number one one of the big stories about this game itself beyond the weather which we'll get to in just a second beyond the weather is the starting quarterback for kansas and it looks like, Josh, OU will not face Jalen Daniels on Saturday. Lance Leipold came out and said he's he's just not there, and it likely will be Jason Bean. Today, on the T-Row in the Morning Show with T.J. Perry, Toby had Brian Haney, the play-by-play voice of the Jayhawks, on and asked him, are you buying what Lance Leipold is selling? Will we see Jason Bean on Saturday? I do. I do, Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I've been telling Kansas fans for the last three weeks, we got to celebrate this guy and rally around him, feel grateful to have him. I mean, you guys saw firsthand last year in Norman. This is better than your typical backup quarterback yeah. and could start for a lot of FBS programs or D1 programs around the country. And so when he had the play, I don't know if you guys watched our bowl game in the Liberty Bowl last year, but – we lost in three overtimes to Arkansas, and they actually they called a play for him in the third overtime, and he airmailed the pass and, you know, completely misses the receiver by five or six feet, and that's game over. And a lot of Kansas fans were crushing him for that on social media. He initially thinks he's going to transfer and leave. Um, and one year left of eligibility, his sixth year, and it would make sense for him to leave because Jalen Daniels had just done something that no FBS quarterback had ever done in a bowl game. Five passing touchdowns, over 500 yards, one rushing touchdown. He had put himself on a trajectory to get all the offseason love and preseason hype that resulted in him being the Big 12 preseason offensive player of the year. And if you're Jason Bean, and that's kind of how the season ended, I think nine guys out of ten do transfer in this transfer portal era that we're currently living in. But there was something special about the culture that Lance Leipold was building here that Jason didn't want to say goodbye to. And there was something special inside of that young man that you know, he didn't want that to be the bad taste in the mouths of, of himself, but also fans and how he'd be remembered, his legacy, all that. He elects to come back, and no one would have forecast when he made that decision that seven games in he would have started four of the seven. But that's been the reality. And sadly, as brilliant as Jalen Daniels is, you know, he's, he's had a hard time staying on the field these last three seasons, not just this year. So Jason's been a guy that's been pressed into action on more than just a few occasions. I think the start at Texas was a very unenviable spot because he literally found out it was him 30 minutes before the game. And obviously it showed as we were 0 for 8 on third downs. 
but he's been very good otherwise and uh, was, was you know, a good game manager in the win over UCF. I thought was brilliant for the better part of three quarters in Stillwater until we lost it late. I mean, he was one passing TD shy of a Todd Reasing school record in that game. So that's more than you asked for with your question. But the point is, he may be our backup, but he's better than most backups. We feel like we've got one of the, the deepest QB rooms, at least two guys deep in the country. And, uh, yeah, I, I think Kansas fans that, that are frustrated over the Jalen Daniels situation and how much information is there out there about his back, when he's coming back, all that. Hey, forget about all that. Let's focus on how lucky we are to have a guy as good as Jason Bean, and let's support him. And, and it may not be perfect every game, but what quarterback is? And, uh, and, and he is absolutely good enough to lead Kansas to eight or nine wins this season. And so that's what I think we should get behind in case Jalen remains out for another week or two. Week or two. Um, boy, there's a lot of rumors circling around Jalen Daniels. A lot. But for Saturday, it looks like we're dealing with Jason Bean. Yep. Sounds like it. More on OU Kansas, including the weather, the captains, and – what did Brian Haney think about the Oklahoma defense versus the Kansas offense? And what did Brent Venables have to say about KU? Rock shock it up next. We'll talk about it next on the ref. All right, welcome back into the ref. Thoma Sooner fans. Um, let's learn a little bit more about KU, shall we? Hour three, the plank show is always brought to you by Mop and Roofing and Construction. They've got you covered, Oklahoma. Call Bob and his team at 405 3843 I'm working on something. For final thoughts, okay. I've got I've got something for final thoughts. Brought to you by Primrose Funeral Services. There went the countdown clock. Uh oh, that was presented by Twelfth uh, Avenue Chick Fil A. That's right. Four zero five three one zero three one eight nine. In fact, I need to update that before New, uh, I leave today. Pimento cheese chicken sandwich. Uh, yeah, I I have a website that I go to that does a, a countdown clock thing, and I love it, but I always screw something up. So my goal today is not to screw something up. Can I just say the 12th Avenue Chick-fil-A is chef's kiss. Is that your go-to? I love it. I eat there a lot after, uh, you know, finishing up the show here. But just the level, and, and this is true at a lot of Chick-fil-A's, but certainly that location, the level of organization there top-notch. I mean, it's like in and out. Two hours, 23 minutes, 29 minutes, and 38 seconds. Two days. That's right. Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday. Three days. Three days. Three days. Is this right? right? Let's see. O- countdown to October 28th, 11 a.m. It says two days, 23 hours, 20 Oh, yeah, yeah, because we're inside of three days. That's right. right. Because That's now it's 11.30 a.m. So, yeah, we don't need to be blocking anyone over fights on the countdown clock. Sorry, guys. Again. Math. Um. All right. Do you want the, the Brent Venables take on the Kansas Offense, or do you want to hear Brian Haney talk about what he expects for the Kansas offense? We're going to hit both. Which one do you want first? Uh, let's hear from Coach Venables first. Yeah, I guess it's been a minute since we've heard from Coach, and he was asked yesterday about the Kansas offense and what makes it such a challenge. Yeah, well, again, you got to do a great job. There's a, a lot going on from a, uh, an eye candy standpoint, and you got to fit gaps. you got to you know, whoop people and get off of blocks, and you got to tackle well. Uh, you got to play with great discipline and uh, physicality, aggressiveness, all the, the things that you would uh, think every single week. They're averaging, I think, just under uh, six yards a carry. And uh, But one of the most explosive offenses, uh, explosive runs and explosive passes in all the college football. And uh, so, again, we've we've got to uh, do a, a great job of playing with discipline and gap integrity and then staying on top of everything, leveraging routes in the back end, you know, to – 
so that they don't have this you know great balance and uh, that's the uh, that's the challenge of all of that you know it's not like a, a really good option team that can't really throw the ball with the lick where you're playing option coverage uh, you know this is a team that can can throw it really really well uh, as well as run it really well you know two weeks ago it, uh, they came up short at, at uh, Oklahoma State, and uh, they averaged 10 yards a play on the day, and uh, you know, which is just shows you their level of explosiveness, you know, that they're capable of. So uh, when they get hot, they're they're tough. They've done a nice job too of getting the ball to to everybody from their backs to their tight ends to the they're deep in the receiver core as well, and, uh, and the quarterback, you know, is legit, you know, a dual threat quarterback and uh, and they have designed quarterback runs and they have the triple option uh, concepts and and then again all the play actions off of that I think they're fourth in the country and third downs and uh, so they've stayed on the field uh, they have a lot of manageable third downs but uh, the, they're they're good in all the third down situations so uh, again they've they're they're uh, excellent uh, at at doing really everything and they're averaging 7.2 yards per play uh, which is uh, really good. I think that's second, you know, in our conference and uh, one of the best in, in college football. Yeah. So so he knows. He uh, knows. They're good offensively. He's very well aware of how good Kansas is. And they, um, you know, it's their second straight 5-2 and two start. Uh, they, that number is 7.2 yards per play. That's sixth in Power Five football, so they they drilled a little deeper, and through seven games this season, in that average, only watch seven point two yards per play. Only Washington, LSU, Oregon, USC, and UCF average more yards per play entering this weekend. Their offensive efficiency compares to that of a, compared to that of a season ago, where. Kansas averaged 7.3 yards per play through the first seven games of the season. Since at least 1996, Kansas has not averaged more than seven yards per play in a season other than 2022, in which Kansas finished the season by averaging seven yards per play. Wow. So the last two years they'll have done that? Again, I'm saying my man's, uh, I think, got to be on some big-time OC uh, watch lists. All right, real quick, before we get to Bama Tom, what is the Kansas perspective on their offense? Brian Haney was on with Toby Rowland earlier this morning, which, by the way, is available currently on the podcast page at kref.com. Well, I think they're a lot better than they were this time a year ago, and numbers would show they're 30-plus places better in terms of, of total defense nationally and all that. There's definitely some key pieces in there that, that could start on most teams and, and possibly play at the next level like a Kobe Bryant type. Um, you know, I don't know if Kenny's a, Kenny Logan is an NFL guy, but he's been a great college safety for umpteen years now. It feels like he's going to break all the defensive back tackle records at Kansas with the extra COVID year. He's been a really steady player for us. You look at Melo Dotson in that secondary as well. Up front on the defensive line, that was where there were a ton of questions. We were replacing all four starters from a year ago, uh, including one who left early to go to the NFL draft. And Austin Booker has been the great addition to really inject uh, some excitement into the pass rush of Kansas. He's a transfer from Minnesota. He's been fabulous. The linebacking core has been a little bit up and down, and we saw them get gashed by Ollie Gordon and OSU a couple weeks ago, and, and uh, 
that's obviously a place where they'd like to have more consistency. J.B. Brown is a transfer that's helped a ton in that regard. Rich Miller is back as a defensive captain and leader, but they probably need more consistency in the middle. By and large, though, I think they've been really solid. And, and some of the yardage and point totals that they gave up at Texas were a product of a hot day in which they were on the field twice as much as their counterparts. And turnovers. Right. They were talking about the defense for Kansas, which seems to be a problem. Kenneth Logan, Kenny Logan Jr., 336 career tackles, sixth most by an active FBS player, and the most by a safety. Not bad. Yeah, nice player. Bama Thomas checked in. I, I thought I'm, I'm good to see. Uh, it's good to see Tom on the Riverwind hey Casino line. What's up, Tom? How are you? First, I would like to issue an apology to Longhorn and Sooner Nation. I think you guys are SEC ready. That's number one. Oh, okay. Number cool. two. Thank you. Ben, Coach Venables, when he talks, it's like he's your best friend and you're at that sports bar and he's got dirt on one of your other's best friends. And you're huddled real close and I gotta I gotta speak low. I gotta tell you this. <laughs> that's that's what I picture. The second thing is the rest of the, the clip that you didn't share. Right. Venables goes on to talk about that he likes the shiny helmet, how pretty their jerseys are. He talks about several different types of wildlife endemic to the Lawrence, Kansas area, and um, food selections. So anyway, if you're wanting the rest of that, huh. that's that. I'll have to dig but into that a little deeper. Something. Yes. I'm watching Handmade, whatever it is, with my wife because I love her, and – you know what bothers me about all the dystopian realities we see? I, it, this is very important. What bothers me is there's no football. So, like in Hunger Games, oh, Handmaid, yeah. there's horrible stuff going on. Right. No, no doubt. Right. But, dude, there's no football. It's mm, a good point. So I'm like reggae man. Can't live without music. I can't live without football. I feel it the just, same it, way. I think the say the last point is, and then I'll sign off. My favorite play ever is the Philadelphia tush-push, one to two yards, getting under there. LSU did it against Old Miss. Philadelphia's doing it. Bama ran it with Terrence Cody in the backfield. Absolute favorite play of all time. Absolutely wonderful. When I'm going to Walmart or Target and I see a big old person, I think, you know, I could get one to two yards behind them with my six-foot, 180-pound body. <laughs> I could get one to two yards this short skinny irish catholic guy i could do that anyway roll tide i'm out you do a great show you're a blessing to all of us amen and god bless thanks bama tom what a kind finish so i think they're going to try to outlaw the uh, put the tush push <laughs> yeah I, I don't, you're probably not going to love that play for much longer <laughs> I, I think it's going to get outlawed but it was wild there was a list i wasn't aware i wasn't oh by the way i'm sorry bama tom on the super secret textoso line, there was football in the documentary Starship Troopers. So keep that in mind when you're talking about your dystopian reality movies like Never Let Me Go, Total Recall, and X-Men. Though I guess... Handmaid's Tale, is that what he's talking about? Maybe. In The Running Man, in the Running Man it's kind of like football, right? It's kind of like football when Richard Dawson is like, Let the games begin! I, let it, I, I might be messing up the Hunger Games line and Richard Dawson from Family Feud, who was in The Running Man. Have you seen the 1987 classic Running Man, Josh? I have not. That was one of those. I think it was the first. I think it was the first rated R movie I ever got to watch. Terrible. Uh, you know what? I'm sorry, Pop. It's an amazing movie, actually. 
Arnold Schwarzenegger gets put into a reality show. So it's kind of like they had football there. Um, but back to his point, I like that. I like that idea. I like that idea. Brent Venables is the guy that you're sitting with at the sports bar, and when he when he really is getting serious about something, it's like he gets a little bit quieter. He's telling he's like, don't want the table next door to hear. Man, it's it's real. What's going on here? It's 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 happening. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> I'm guilty of that. Though I do this thing now when I'm talking to people where I'll pr- I feel like I'm calling plays and I'm being secretive, like covering my mouth. It's like, who's reading my lips? No one. Nobody. What am I doing? Um, what were we talking about? Oh, we got a break. That's right. It's 1140 on a Wednesday. It's the Plank Show. When we come back, the best of the text line. And like I said, I'm working on something for the Primrose Funeral Services. Final thoughts next. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Sub-Zero was a goalie in the running, man. That's right. That's right. You also had Captain Freedom. Jim Brown was Fireball. Buzz. Who loves you and who do you love? <laughs> I think that's also the I'll buy that for a dollar. I think so. I think that's I'll buy that for a dollar. Gunny, Gunny writes, any Mondays you want to talk, you have my number. I'm up at all times of the night. I've seen the running man. It's American Gladiators to the death. The 918. Running Man is both a classic cinema and an accurate portrayal of our co- culture. The premise behind the Running Man game was that they would put these criminals in a gauntlet. And if these criminals happen to get killed, oh, well, Josh, they got killed on live TV. Tough stuff. Yeah. But there were two guys who got away, two who got out. I don't want to ruin it for anyone, but let's just say there's more to it. So, yeah, RoboCop and buy that for a dollar. Interesting. Got so, it. Schwarzenegger, one of the running men. Oh, no. Yes. because And he was falsely accused, so. Ah, it's so 80s, baby. It's the most 80s, 80s movie ever. I still and then need what to watch we, Over the Top. Then what, then what we thought that times would look like now. When that movie was made, there were people that were like, man, I bet there's a game show in 2023 where people die. And I'm like, well, you know, we're not too far removed from that in some of these. Okay, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line to its full extent. I love Sean's take here. Stop having opinions on sports and blindly trust what you're, what you're told by your couch coaches. Stop having fun and do as you're told. <laughs> Did we have a lot? I like that term has become very famous or uh, very infamous, I guess, couch coaches over the last couple of years. That's, um, that is definitely, definitely true. I mean, we got a lot of them. Brazilian Sooner. With our kicking game struggles, do you think OU goes on fourth down more? I think this game will be a hard-fought battle. I think at least based on the on the predictions for the weather, the forecast that we've seen now, Josh, I think that it's going to be more about not necessarily a lack of trust in your kicker, but just more what's the wind doing and is it going to be viable to go and kick in that direction. By the way, thanks to Dallas Bill for the sub-zero stuff, too, on the Super Series. Depending on the down in distance and the situation, the distance for the kick. Right. And Kansas' defense, right, Mm -hmm. where they rank and everything, statistically, probably they're 
there's probably some situations where, yes, it would make more sense to go. True. Um, the 405. In the past, I would step out and smoke while the defense was on the field. Now I'm afraid I will miss something. <laughs> reasonable? I think, the, I think the smoking section is right by where I walk. I think it is. It's just like in a corner, right? Or is that where all of you are the able to hide? The northwest corner? Okay, then no. I, yeah. think, I think the northwest and northeast corner. Y'all are sneaking out over there. Well done. I get a little contact every time I go by there. Frisco Sooner writes, guys, one thing to take into account also with the portal. We had a little portal conversation earlier in the program. Is that I look for OU to lose several kids due to lack of playing time. And that's not a bad thing, nor does it mean the kid does not love or respect the program. I'm saying I could see like maybe a minimum of three running backs enter the portal, also several at the receiver and linebacker positions. It's interesting. Brent Venables was asked by Gary Nemig yesterday about like the context of you know what you learned from last year and asking it at this point. At this point last year, we were having a conversation about two things. One, can you keep your recruiting class together? And number two, gosh, who else is going to leave after this year? I mean, what kind of team are you going to have next year? And I, you and I had a very, very – we had many conversations leading up to that deadline about as long as Stutzman sticks around, as long as you don't see, you know, guys like Nick Anderson or even a Jaden Gibson sure. enter the portal, that's, that says a lot to me. And it happened. Yeah, and it, and it <laughs> it's wild. played itself out that way, yeah, for Oklahoma. I mean, what a different world we would be in if, uh, if you didn't have buy-in from those guys. But yeah. you did, and you got it, and uh, obviously the rest is history, as they say. We talked about the uh, sign stealing and the technology side of things. Chapstick brings up a great point. The issue with tech and sports is expensive. Can all athletic budgets afford to my coaches and players? It's not an OU issue. It's the Central Arkansas issue. I, I, I understand that. I get it. Same thing with instant replay, but we figured it out. It's a good point. Well, I mean, can't the Power Five and non-Power Fives just operate with d- different setups? No, apparently everyone has to be exactly the same, Josh. They don't, though. I mean, for those games, you, <laughs> could, you could have a different set of helmets or whatever. You would think. Or we could do the incredible thing and stop playing those schools. My goodness, it's boring. Preach. Uh, and then two quick weather notes from the 405. The weather report sounds like Tawi Walker time. And Southwest Missouri Sooner writes, I'll be in Lawrence Saturday. The weather is reminding me of my last trip there. Hashtag crotch grab. Something else happened in that game. Remember? Oh, yeah. Pepperidge Farms remembers, and we'll talk about it next on The Ref. All right. A lot of you have asked about this. Primrose Funeral Services, final thoughts. With 80 years of service, their sincere commitment is to make things a little easier for you and your family. Primrose Funeral Service, 405-321-6000. All right, Josh. I've got some audio for our final thoughts. You ready? Let's do this thing. EXC.com, the next voice you hear will be that of today's referee, Scott Campbell. They have their own junior captain of the game here. Gentlemen, great day for college football. Introduce each other, please. uh, Sooner captains, as we mentioned, Baker Mayfield. Oh, Kansas refused to shake their hands. Are you kidding me? Oklahoma, you're the visitors. You get to call the coin toss. (laughs) Heads, tails. 
Heads, tails. What's your call? Doesn't matter, heads. Heads is the call. It is tails. Kansas won the toss. Kansas has won the toss. We'll defer. You want the football. Which way are we going to kick? Flip it around, gentlemen. Uh, Toby, I don't know if I've ever seen this before. Kansas refusing to shake hands. Baker Mayfield now right in the face. They might want to get in the middle of this. Of the Kansas captains, they refuse to shake their hands at midfield. I mean, this is a one and nine football team right now and a lack of sportsmanship, something we haven't seen at all this season. Kansas trying to play the tough guy at the coin toss. Oklahoma lost the toss. Kansas deferred. The Sooners will get the football to start the game. I don't even know what to say to that. Final thoughts, Tom. <laughs> That's great. By the way, here's what Teddy said. Here's what Teddy said. Uh, yeah, I'd say Kansas just pulled the pin on the grenade right there. Uh, not a smart move. If people are worried about the energy level with this football team coming out, you know, against a 1-9 football team, worry no more. 2017, man. Now, what a trip. Oh, you did – didn't get off to a great start, did No, they? no, it was it was a weird day. A lot of cheap shots from Kansas in that game, too. A lot of cheap shots, man. And they eventually they eventually pulled away. But yeah, yeah. And, and, and rolled and everything. But. I think I did a good job of covering up the two bombs that were in there. If I didn't, I tried to edit them. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, that was great. But I think they were far enough away from the mic where maybe you got to – but I'll never forget – my favorite part of all that is when, when Baker started to talk – I was the idiot who said somebody's – and I started to step like I was going to get between two football players. Yeah, not good. I was trying to help the officials out. <laughs> There's your final thoughts presented by Primrose Funeral Services. Steel Man and Thune at Noon are next.